0: Welcome to today's episode. This podcast is a conversation with Ricky Harrison. Ricky is the head of production as well as one of the co owners of Nutra Organics. This conversation is one that I really, really enjoyed having with Ricky. She is an open book. We talk about a lot, we speak about The roots of Nutri-Organics, where it all began way back in 1999, we speak about her upbringing, the risks that her whole family took to get Nutri-Organics off the ground, growing pains, we speak about doubling and tripling in size, culture, we also speak about letting go of control And just the day-to-day operations and logistics of growing a massive, massive brand. Now, Nutra Organics is a company that I have partnered with over the last, gosh, maybe four years, I would say. And they are a brand that I truly, truly believe in. But even if you take away my affection for Nutra Organics as a company, just to listen to the story, the story of this family. I think is really really inspiring and just relatable on so many levels. One of the things that we spoke about that has really stuck with me is the transparency in communication and telling the truth. So I will let Ricky share her story with you and I won't I won't bang on too much about all of the things that we cover. Before we dive into the episode, though, I will mention that I do have a discount code for Nutra Organics, which is KYLIE, all in capitals. So if you head to the Nutra website and use that code KYLIE, you can save 15% off their range of products. I wasn't going to mention that in the intro, but I feel like it would be a bit of a missed opportunity if I didn't at least share that code with you here, because I think Once you know a little more about the brand, you might be curious about what they are up to and the products they have created. So this is not a sponsored episode at all, but I did want to just mention that code. Ricky, she was a pleasure. Let's just dive straight into this episode ricky thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day today to have this chat with our community i've been so looking forward to getting to know you a little bit more and i can see from the notes that i've got here that i am i'm going to get to know your story and the story of Nutra organics so much more but before we dive into that can you tell our listeners a little bit about your current role in Nutra organics
1: yeah absolutely and thanks for having me Claudia. i appreciate you having me on and having this chat today so um at Nutriorganics um I'm at HQ every day I run our production and procurement department so everything every down to every gram of every product right up to the packaging and the finished goods um that's the um, department that I look after all the, <laughs> all the things all the things all the ingredients for all the things <laughs> amazing which yeah. you have
0: so many products now which we'll get we'll get to that but before sure, sure. before we dive into the current products which i'm such a fan of let's go back back mm. to 1999 yep where things first began
1: yes yep the very beginnings from small beginnings <laughs> <laughs>
0: Talk to me about the first product or I guess the first iteration of what we now know as Neutral Organics. Sure.
1: Okay. In 1999, um, Mark, who is my, who as our managing director and also my father, he started importing um, blue-green algae, which for fun is called a Phanosomazon Oh, that uh, does sound and fun. <laughs> it is fun. It's probably because it was drilled into me as a child. Yeah. Um, and so, um, it's look, my parents have always been super healthy, nutty people. Like I was had mung beans on my sandwiches in my lunchbox, kind of nutty um, health people. So, um, and look, they, I think we just became interested in health as a family, but much more seriously um, from 99. And, yeah. Um, we started importing this and then it was actually banned by um, I think the USA government that we couldn't um, bring it out of uh, the USA, which is where it's grown. And so that um, led to the formulation of our first product, which is known as Super Greens and Reds. It still is actually one of the front runner products that we sell. It's been reformulated a whole stack of times as new sort of products come on the market and new ingredients and it's updated but uh yeah that was the first product that we ever uh, mixed and mark dad he mixed it on the kitchen table um and all these different ingredients and you know he's like a mad chemist um and yeah that was the very very beginning and the very first product and so
0: were you in high school like what age were was, you when you pet you what you were
1: yeah right, so, so I you- was in high school and my sister was in primary school and I was just kind of on the cusp of finishing high school uh, when m- when the business kind of launched. But my parents had both had full time jobs, or they worked in um, businesses, and um, yeah, and started the business. Kind of, but we would class it as a side hustle now.
0: <laughs> Different terminology now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. And so growing yeah. up in a fairly, or well, not fairly, in a really health conscious family. I can imagine that could go one of two ways you know for some mm. people it's like oh my parents are very very health conscious so I'm going to rebel and I'm going to go completely the opposite way yes but it sounds like for you well I mean obviously it was more of an invitation for you into their world
1: yeah I think um I think there was a season in my in the end of my teens yeah, sort of coming out of high school and then Having to fend for myself, that um, I realised that there was more kind of on offer in the world than the food than the food that I'd been eating at home. So there was definitely a stage of rebellion, but um, I think the proofs in the pudding when you eat well and you nourish your body, you feel so much better. So I very quickly worked out, hold on a minute. I don't feel like I normally feel. And so kind of got back on track, but I absolutely agree. You know, you could become a McDonald's eating child or <laughs> you could sort of stick on the straight and narrow. There was a bit of both, but um, you know, I'm definitely trying to raise my children in the, in the, you know, there's balance, there's a time for everything, but on the health side,
0: Mm-hmm. So, you're in high school, mum and dad have what we now know as a side hustle. Yes. They've been importing, mixing this powder, creating mm-hmm. this product. I guess, I mean, we can't fill in all of the gaps, so we'll be here well into yep, the evening. Yeah. But how do you go, I guess, from high school student, mum and dad creating this one product? What's the next iteration, or how do you get involved
1: personally with what they're doing? Sure. It's probably fast forward um, quite a few years. So mum and dad are doing this thing where they've got some super greens and then we had some kind of maca and it lived between mine and my sister's room for a long time. I um, was married really young, sort of to my childhood sweetheart, um, and we sort of went off and, you know, moved out and started a life of our own and worked full time. And, you know, I didn't really think a whole lot about it. Mum and dad are just doing their thing. Uh, but we travelled in, like, sort of fast forward to 08, 09. We travelled most of 08, 09. When we moved back, we had nothing because <laughs> we spent all of our money travelling. So we we actually moved back into mum and dad's house um, and we, st- we kind of got talking and brainstorming and maybe getting a bit more excited about this vision that mum and dad had uh, for... Neutra Organics, which was called some horrible name before that, um, and and really started to think about what it could be and catch Mark's vision for the whole company, which is a visionary, so he's already 10 years ahead in his mind. And so, yeah, that's when we, we sort of um, brainstormed Neutra Organics as you know it now and um, really kicked off in, in 2010.
0: Mm, and I imagine in, well, I know in 2010 health food was so much more um, widely accepted and it's such like that industry just grew mm. so much. Yeah, they were well like, ahead
1: of their time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they it well ahead. like it. Were yeah. they selling product, like where were they selling products?
1: Um, Mark hit the streets, you know, selling to every health food store and, um, you know, talked distributors into taking us on. But... Honestly, our manufacturing runs, I think we were manufacturing 250 products and that, I mean, that is expensive when you, Mm. you know, when this is a side hustle, getting the money together to manufacture 250 bottles at the same time. Um, So, yeah, mainly direct into health food stores and then we were taken on by a distributor uh in 2011 which was handy because then we sent it all to them and they sent to the health food stores but a lot of those early days was just hitting the pavement doing demos and you know just walking in and being you know hey we're neutral organics and you should stock our product
0: yes which i think it's so important not to blow past that too quickly because even now in this day and age where everything, you know, so much is online, mm. there's so much value in showing up, knocking on the door, oh, putting, yeah. a fa- putting you know, a name to the face, yep. saying this is the product, getting in front of the people that you want to be in front of. And I you've referred to your dad as a visionary does does he also have a bit of like a gift of the
1: gab that kind of sparkle yeah Yeah. he's he's a people person you know he's he's like the quintessential salesman but not in a used car salesman type of way I think what he does is he's a natural advocate so he wins people to himself that's what that's what he naturally does and Mm. so when he is advocating for health I think deep down we all really want to be healthy but most people have an aversion to typical health food products because they taste really bad (laughs) a lot Mm. of them taste really awful you know the one percent of the world will take it once and then never take it again because you know when I go to my naturopath you know it tastes like the juice that comes out the bottom of your garbage bin that's like that kind of thing and no (laughs) one wants to taste that So for Mark, I think, you know, he's always been a visionary, but he's been a visionary in the way that why does it have to taste so bad? So he's kind of, you know, light on a hill vision was to make really good, functional, great products that would help people look and feel better that actually tastes really good and that you'd want to take every day. Yeah. And what was his day job just out of curiosity? Oh, he did so many things. You know what? He actually worked for the opposite. He worked for Western's Biscuits for ages and, like, we just had crates. How's and that crates duality? And like, <laughs> seriously, crates and crates of wagon wheels and also super greats of oh, uh, Everyone got so, so sick of him trying to pedal wagon wheels. And um, and he was in uh, pest control for ages. He started a pest control business and built a successful business but sold it when, when we um, – when we went to get into neutral. So, so in 2010, when we, when we formed neutral organics and we we're like, okay, this is it. and We're all going to do it. Of course, none of us had any money and we didn't have any time because we were all working full time. Um, but uh, Mark and Dahl's and well, us at the time we made the crazy mental decision to sell the family home that we were raised in. And because we needed dollars to, to sort of, you know, sink into the business because we needed more product and, you know, if we were going to hit the ground running, we really needed to uh, make a plan and we all, all of us, like me, my sister, her daughter, uh, m- my husband and I, we all moved into a big, and mum and dad, we moved into a big rental house together. And so you
0: made the deci- so your parents made the decision, yep. sell the sell the family house, Yep, we're going to do it, like let's make yep. this big leap and That's I right. guess at that stage you were all feeling the hype and that, I guess that entrepreneurial buzz of like, hey, we've got this. Let's see what we can do with it.
1: Absolutely. And we thought, well, this is either really brave and we're going to be pioneers or we're all going to fall flat on our face and be here
0: forever. (laughs) It was like hot or cold totally and with that struggle and you can laugh now but I imagine at the time there would have been waves of like yes we're doing
1: it and then like what are we doing we're doing it (laughs) like you know (laughs) oh yeah there was there was that element of gee I you know for me I really hope this works because if not I'm (laughs) really selling myself short here you know I was sort of probably heading into that moment in 2010 I turned um 27 28 something like that so I was really um sort of trying to carve out a career path for myself because I've been flitting around the world having a ball and then got back and thought I better start adulting at doing something so um so for me I thought well this is either I'm going to carve out a career and I'm, we're going to make it work or <laughs> I'm still going to be taking orders over the phone in the next 10 years <laughs> which is cool but you know needed to do something more serious And at that time,
0: Ricky, was it obvious what your role would be in the company, like obvious what each person's role would be? Did you have defined parameters or was it like all in, many hands, light work type of thing?
1: Yeah. I think uh, in the very beginning, well, it was just dad for one day a week Um, and then when the business could afford it, I came on one day a week. Not that we worked one day but we were paid for a day. Um, And and I think um, in those days, I mean, small business you just wear every single hat I am I'm head of social media I'm head of marketing I also develop the website take all the payments you know I'm doing the accounting you just you just kind of do everything and I think over time the roles you just naturally kind of fall into where your strengths are Mm. um yeah but in the beginning it's like (laughs) Many hands make light work, except there weren't many hands, so we just, <laughs> just did a bit of everything. <laughs> well,
0: I I would love to know what gave you, I guess, the faith in your family relationship that you mm. guys could could do it. Because, I mean, I love my family, but yeah. it's a big swing. It's oh a yeah, big swing. Oh, being yeah. like, let's live together and yes. work on this thing together, and we're making yep. sacrifices. Yeah. So, where did that, I guess, that intrinsic um, desire or I guess there was some sort of perhaps some sort of knowing that it would be okay
1: yeah look I think as a family we are good at pushing forward in the same direction and there's a lot of um, sort of internal belief we want to build each other up to make sure that we can you know encourage each other in the same direction but oh I'd be straight up and say we have had some doozies man i at Barney's. We, we just you know what we're really good we're all really passionate people so we all think that our opinion is the one that we should go to <laughs> and as we brought on more and more family members like Nutra has mum dad um mum to a lesser extent but mum dad the two girls so me and my sister both of our partners um my sister-in-law and my niece that's just the people that are directly related to me so You know, out of sort of 35 staff, I'm super closely related to, like, 10 10 people. So I think um, we're able to really, you know, kind of hash it out together, have a bit of a catharsis, but then we're able to actually get over it. And I think that is the key, is not being able to um, not, not have a fight but not being able to have a strong opinion. It's actually being able to get over it and get on with it and move on. Even if it doesn't go your way, you have to kind of go, okay, you know what that wasn't I don't I still don't think it's the right thing to do but we move forward in the same direction and so we're able to overlook the shortcomings that come from you know that type of relationship and also we've been able to we're doing better at separating family life and work life um, because I don't only work with my parents and my sister I also work with my husband who's the counterpart of me for manufacturing in the same office every single day so we've (laughs) been yeah, it's a lot. We've been able to, um, you know, draw a bit of a line in the sand where, you know, we come to work and we do the work things and then we go home or we try not to do the work thing. It doesn't always work, but yeah, I think. Uh, Having some that, boundaries in place. Yeah, that's right. And um, it's the hard way. Let me like do it. <laughs> oh,
0: of course.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. but
0: even it makes sense what you're saying about being able to all speak your peace mm-hmm. but knowing at the end of the day it's all going to be fine and I that's think that's right. such a that is such a benefit of working with your family and as you were speaking my mind kind of went back to i can remember for one of my sisters birthdays i found this poem and it was about how with sisters you know one minute you can be pulling their hair and shoving them into a suitcase and then the next minute you're skipping happily down the road to buy lollies <laughs> yeah. together yeah, yeah that's crazy so that's like sisters i'm one of three yeah, yeah. girls so yeah. there's that deep knowing of like yeah you know what we can we can be nasty to each other
1: but
0: yeah no no one else is allowed to be nasty that's yet. exactly right it's at the end of the day
1: high. yeah you got each other's backs and but you have to you have to know that you have each other's backs and trust and it has to be put to the test you have to be put to the test that you actually have each other's backs and you can support you know in the times when there's hard and there's no money and you have to choose who gets paid and <laughs> you know all of that mm. rough beginnings
0: Absolutely, and just, I guess, also out of curiosity, sake, because I'm really interested in ah. the parenting side of things, in your childhood, when you were growing up, were you encouraged to really speak your piece and have that open communication?
1: Absolutely, and I think it's important for, you know, for that, those lines of communication. Like my mum particularly, she is naturally... Um, just a full nurturer like everything is so unconditional but from really early on there was nothing that was too hard or too small or too big that we could bring to our parents Um, and so you know we were never afraid to communicate or to say hey I've done the wrong thing or I've caused this mess or I've broken this thing you know I think even if it came with discipline we were encouraged to speak our mind and always to tell the truth which I think is important there's not a lot of that going on these days even Mm. if you got in trouble you had to tell the truth and that was really important so sometimes um that brutal brutal honesty is actually what's needed in a moment and people shy away from it because they think they're going to hurt people's feelings but it's it's definitely something that's been in our family forever we tell the truth no matter what no matter if we know that we're going to hurt someone's feelings or get in trouble or so yeah I think um it's been oh, encouraged from that. an early age. Yeah.
0: Oh, I think that's so important. And that's why I wanted to grab that thread because I can remember it's something that I really want to try and foster with my own kids. And I can remember Absolutely. a time when I've got twin boys and one of them yep. was just, just maybe around three and he kept pulling down the block out blinds in his room mm-hmm. and denying it. And and I said to him one day, like, did you pull it down? And we went round and round in circles. And it went from, I didn't do it to my bear bears, did it to my brother. Da, 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 da. And anyway, <laughs> when, he, when, when he owned it, and like I was super patient and we got there. And when he said, I did it, I gave him a big hug and a kiss. And I said, Thanks so much for telling me. And we mm. hung them up together. And I was like, It's those little like teachable moments where it's like, absolutely. Of course, there are times when it's like they need a consequence and you have to be a person to enforce that. But there's also times when it's like, I'm just going to reward you for telling the truth because I want to train you. Yeah. That's the right thing to do. So Yeah.
1: Just and naturally hit. we don't want to do, we don't want to tell the truth because we know that there's consequences for our actions. But like you say that like positive reinforcement for telling the truth, not a reward, but understanding that it's okay to tell the truth all the time, no matter what it is so important. And I, on, it's, we don't generally live in a culture of it. We live in this culture of like blame, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I'm saying, yeah, with my boys. the same. yeah. Or rewarding the niceties. Yeah. Even my little lady, you know, Understanding that the truth is the most important thing, we'll deal with the rest of the stuff. But yeah, we always tell the truth.
0: I love that. I was just really fascinated because I can hear, just in the way that you speak about your parents and the culture and the workplace, that there's some sort of magic alchemy there. So, I almost <laughs> want to sit down with your parents and be like, right.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, they're amazing people.
0: Yeah. It sounds it. So to go back into the Nutra story, you've you've now, you're living all in one rental property. Yes. You're getting it off the ground. At this stage, is it rebranded as Nutra Organic?
1: Yes. So that that happened in 2010. That happened like really just kind of, that was the first thing we did was rebranded as Nutra Organics, which brings the science and the organic food together. Um, And yeah, so we moved into a big rental house and it moved from, so we had we, when we were living at home that the business was between mine and my sister's room, and then it moved to like this office kind of space, and then the garage. Um, still not a lot of product, and you know you you're ducking and weaving to try and um, make it happen. but am still
0: using sorry, still using yeah. like a distribution style center, getting it yep. into health food stores. That
1: that's right, that's right. And um, in when we were living in the rental, I think it was. it was was either late 2011 or early 2012 we got socials off the ground for the first time like Facebook and we there was no Instagram and then um and then we uh we got a website off the ground A really dodgy (laughs) very interesting website (laughs) um and um yeah so that was sort of the first launch of trying to get some sort of Income silo, so we had distribution and maybe selling to some wholesalers, like some health food st- shops directly, but that was the that was the extent of it. I remember when we ordered our first um, one thousand products, so like the first run of a thousand super greens and reds, that was in two thousand and twelve, um, and Dad just pops home one day and announces that he's rented a big, like, well, what we thought was huge at the time, a factory, like a commercial factory.
0: So he just pops home and says, hey, yeah. hey team, we're doing That's this it. now. Yeah,
1: he's like, like over saying. dinner one night, hey, guys, we rented a factory. Does everyone want to go and look at it tomorrow? And in my head, in the the, the, the like bit of a bean counter that I am, I, in my head I was like, you rented a factory for what? Um, all of the products that we owned could have fit on one pallet. Like w- when we moved oh, wow. there, I think we moved two pallets and that was just kind of our stuff and the product. So at the time i was thinking this is mental a waste of money like we're still only being paid one day a
0: week <laughs> now we have got really, a factory that really goes i guess in line with your dad being the visionary oh, yeah. and just the whole like sometimes you have to um what's that expression burn the boats you know if you're gonna stay oh, yeah. on the island you're gonna you burn do the so he's committing. Yeah, he's like he really you did you know what yep we're, we're not going to level
1: up yeah. that's it and and for him I mean if I think about it from a financial sense I'm a mom and a homeowner and if I think about it you know he he was he had to burn those ships because honestly there was no going back for them they had they had they had liquefied their the biggest asset and sunk the money into the business so for me you know thinking about it from a from a mom's point of view they were all in you know mm. um Feats and now yeah, and now that we were all living together and trying to make it living from the business and working it as well, we were, we, we sort of jumped all in pretty early, realising that, okay, if we're going to do it, we're going to have to just, we're just into it, all of us, <laughs> for a long time before, the, you know, there's any financial benefit.
0: And so you've got this massive space, you've got a website, you've got Facebook. Yep. Talk to me then, I guess, about the next milestone sort of, I guess, around maybe
1: 2015 ish yeah so we between 13 and 15 you know there's those years when you just it's month in month out you know sometimes you get paid sometimes you don't you know we're trying to develop product and uh trying to pioneer um nutritional products we're also trying to you know make sales and you know Bit, bit of slog those couple of years. In 15, we um, we actually uh, bought out our bone bros in 2015, and for us, uh, it was a huge learning curve, but also uh, probably the first time we brought out a product that had some pretty significant success. Um, we we we're, we're actually on a plane. And um, we were making heaps and heaps of bone broth, and Mum and Dad and I were going to a, a trade show, and um, that we were exhibiting at. And we were thinking, oh, we can't take our bone broth, you know. Like we were kind of a bit annoyed because it's you can't travel with it, the liquid in a jar, you know, on the <laughs> plane. We were like, mm, a yeah, bit can't suspicious. Do that. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> it's just my boring. bone broth. I swear. Yeah, that's right. I'm just drinking it on a plane like a total weirdo. Anyway. <gasps> um, so we, we saw a, a desperate need for uh, something that we could travel with and that's where a lot of our products have come out of. They've come out of us going, gee, we need one of those or we need a bit of that. Or, oh, the
0: best businesses do. They come of course from a pain they come point. Of, yeah.
1: That's it. They come out of genuine need. So for us, we were like, we genuinely need this. How about we call our rad dryer that we work with in Queensland like an hour from our office and see if you will dry some bone broth down so we can put it in a powder and put it in a bag and take it with us and that's like as easy as the idea was um so in 2015, we bought our first 300 kilos of bone broth with every cent we had. That's <laughs> all the money. Oh, wow! We had. It was yeah. it was full on. It was like this commitment of like going, okay, we're gonna buy 300 kilos, and that sounds absolutely crazy because that was 3,000 packets because our 100 grams each um, of that, and uh, and we sold it in like. 6 weeks or something mental something crazy like that it was really fast and sold um, it online or in online store? and distributors okay. and stores took it so this by this time we had our website up and running it was doing you know we were doing kind of maybe 10 orders a day which we thought we've made it yeah, <laughs> we've made yeah it. people like, are going we're... to the website
0: people are checking out that's it
1: that's it yeah, yeah we, our first month of the website in 2011 uh, f- uh, We uh, made $400 of sales. We were like, yes. Oh, wow. This is so awesome. Welcome to the Um, interwebs. That's (laughs) it. That's exactly right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so we, in 2015, uh, so here's the problem, though. 2015, we spent all of our money buying the 300 kilos of bone broth and then we sold it out. But we have to wait sometimes 60 days to get paid from our account. So so then we're left with, like, Oh dear, we spent all the money on the bone broth. So we're like wheeling and dealing, trying to get more broth and trying to get more cooked and, you know, just like using your really, leverage. Yeah, yeah, it was actually that that middle of 15 was, was massively stressful buying things that you know you can't actually pay for, sort of, but you will be able to, hopefully, if someone pays you. And yeah, that was it. That was, you know what, not growing and growing. Uh, The same problem, but just different spectrum. So doubling and tripling in size, which we experienced over the following few years, um, they were almost as hard as not growing at all and kind of thinking, you know, you're banging your heads together trying to work out what are we going to do, you know. Um, I've
0: heard I've heard this yeah. from
1: other business owners where they
0: talk about you know the early days are really tough trying to get off the ground. Yeah. But then when it is off the ground, it's a oh, whole other version yeah. of tough because it's yep. like you're really you know treading water, keeping your head your neck yep. above water, and That's often it. there's so much more pressure.
1: Absolutely, and there's there's more zeros behind the, the decisions that you make, so mm. there becomes this. Um, very real commercial reality that, hey, if I, you know, especially as a fledgling business, if I make the wrong decision here or I somehow bug this up, we probably won't recover. You know, it's that kind of, that. it gets to that point where you think, oh, I'm spending like all the money again <laughs> for the like mm. third year in a row, you know, and I think eventually I fell into procurement because, um, you know, it, it's so much of the business's expense uh, to be able to buy the product and then mix the product and make the product, and I suppose without product you don't have any, you don't have a business. You know, you don't have anything. You know, there's no point mm. in getting sales if you don't have anything to sell. So, I you got to fulfil
0: those orders.
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. And or you know, you've got a great sales guys that go out and get all the orders, but oh, we're out of stock, and that's just like a real kick in the guts. So um, I fell into it um, fairly early in those days, sort of because. Um, I don't I don't um, I don't care what business you're in you're in the people business you might sell a product and and you might make things and that sort of stuff but honestly you've every business is about people because it's about who uses the product how they use the product when and um, understanding that I think for us and for me particularly in my role I'm in the people business because my suppliers you know they're people and I want their businesses to do well and so there's this give and take that you have when you develop strategic supply like we have um, where you know you want the best of the best but you want to be the first person that has access to that best of the best and so they'll tell you about things that are new earlier and they'll give you stuff over the top of other companies just because you've developed a great relationship so that became really important
0: Mm, understanding that and I love that you've stressed that point that everyone is in the people business I really believe that too during this time when you were having those periods of extreme growth and then the struggles that come along with that did you or your dad or anyone like were you outsourcing with a business coach like did you have a mentor or was it all like heads together and let's figure this out
1: um, we would talk to other people in business and honestly, a lot of our, our big suppliers, they, you know, they were big companies way before us and they, a lot of them have been small and grown with us. But a lot of our big suppliers were, you know, in the very beginning when we were developing strategic supply, we sat down with a lot of our bigger companies and kind of, I don't know, I think you just glean along the way. I think we we were so busy doing the things that it's hard to work on the things and do the things at the same time so I don't even know whether it occurred to us to get some sort of <laughs> coaching or <laughs> direction we were just honestly so in it we're, we were we in it we were just making it up as we went along which was great because you learn what to do as you make it up you fake it till you make it and you're just like yep we're doing it so there were a lot of years that were just fully head down bum up so I don't even think we literally never crossed our mind <laughs> to get some the only help that we were looking for was more people to do more of the things as we grew and it was yes. just our capacity expanded but to the point where you think I can't do this by myself anymore we would have to put people on and um, the great thing about putting people along along the way is that you get people who know what they're doing so you can stop making that part of the business up or or trying to learn because they already have the expertise so mm. um a, a, the other reason that we're in the people business is because without our phenomenal uh staff and and bunch of people that some of us have been with us since 2010 from the very beginning um without those people we the neutral wouldn't not be anything like it is today you know it is just it's a full team effort
0: yeah Has and been i'd love
1: from the beginning
0: I'd love to talk about your team as well because I know that I've been fortunate enough to come in and have a look around the factory and head office and there's such a great culture. Mm. But before we touch on the culture, was there anything else that you wanted to add to the growth? Because you spoke about the fact that you doubled.
1: And then yes. you tripled and yes. you're
0: still, like, we're in 2021 and you're still growing each year. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and exponentially. I mean, that it brings its own challenges, its own growing pains. But, I mean, if we had the choice, we would always continue to grow, hey? But I think um, one of the things that we learnt along the way and one of the things that we see looking on at lots of um, people in business, not just in our industry but lots of industries, is that I find that um, – People get distracted by looking at what their competition does or their competitors in the market. It becomes this weird competition, you know, especially in the health space. It's like the beauty space. <laughs> it's like, you know, It's a saturated market. It, it yeah. is, yeah. And, I mean, how many times can you put the same things in a different thing? And You know, like there's nothing new under the sun. That's what, you know, it sort of comes down to. Yeah. But um, the idea is that you're trying to improve always and you're trying to make things better Um more cost effective, you're trying to make them more effective in the body, you know, but I find that as we traveled along, we sort of saw ourselves small in our own eyes, you know, and and always from a, from a humble perspective, yes, but we saw ourselves as like almost inferior to these bigger companies who had come before us. And I think we quickly learnt that if we didn't focus on what we were doing a hundred percent and sort of have a bit of a um tunnel vision for what we were doing we would always compare ourselves and I am always on about comparison is the thief of joy if you Mm. continue to compare yourself even you know as a business as a woman as a mother you know whatever it is um continue to compare yourself then you lose the the joy and the fun and the and the moment, and also you start to go, oh, they're doing this, and I've got to be more like, like you know, I know that. Um, what do they say? Copying is like uh, the it's a form, form of flattery. flattery yeah. yeah, but um, for me, it just doesn't work. <laughs> I don't really enjoy, you know. I, so I think um, as we got laser focused on what we were doing and tried to make what we were doing the best and the most outstanding, I think if you work at that long enough then it should speak for itself. Like your product should speak Mm -hmm. for itself. Your brand should speak for itself. Um, And so learning early on to have the blinkers on to focus on what you're doing and not what everybody else is doing. Um, I love that. Stay in your own lane. That's it. That's it. And also there's room enough for everyone. So competitive, competitive, um, the competitive edge is great. You know, I, I, I encourage people in business because I think, Hey, there's, there's so many great ideas and there's so many uh, products that still haven't come to market that are rolling around in people's heads. So I think there's room enough for everyone.
0: Yes. And I just Mm. had this conversation with a friend yesterday. We were talking about the health and fitness space and we, and I used that exact word. I said, you know, on one end of the stick it is saturated but on the other end of the stick if you turn it around and you go well that's proof of concept because that's it people that are interested in health and fitness they don't just buy one thing
1: you know they buy lots of things that's
0: what they're interested in and it proves
1: yeah like that's right and And they hunt around for something they love yes and I think
0: that there's so much value in what you shared about not comparing yourself because mm. for you you're so in your story so you know the ins and outs you know that you've had months that have been really really hard or six months or a year yes. that has been a struggle and yeah. so you're looking at but you're comparing yourself to a perception of a big company oh, without knowing sure. their ins and outs so it's just losing like the uh, spiral i know all of
1: life. i know. You know
0: it just gets endless so i think that's such great advice for anyone listening in all areas of life absolutely Stay in your lane, but also yep. don't worry. There's enough lanes for everyone. That's
1: exactly right. Yeah, we're, we're travelling on a 25 million lane highway. It's fine. It's so it's fine. fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Now, with growing, obviously, comes staff and expanding mm-hmm. your team. And whilst yep. you are related by blood to a lot of the team. A lot of the staff, yep. Yeah, you've also brought on other staff members. How many staff members do you have now?
1: Um, I think there are
0: thirty-eight. Sorry, I've put you on the spot. No,
1: that's all right. I I should know, but um, sometimes <laughs> I turn up to work and I think, who is this person I've never yeah. met before? Yes. You know, well, when you turn up in your own business and don't know. But I mean, I quickly get to know them. But um, yeah, thirty. I, you'd have to probably I'd such have to a fact big check, space. but it, it's it's thirty-eight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so what are some of the things that you do to keep such a positive culture? Because to me, I'm such an energy person. And I think that I, of course, there's always going to be ups and downs in any business, but anytime I interact with Nutra Organics, when I've been there in real life, there's such a positive vibe. So what are some of the things that you ensure happen to keep that vibe as positive as
1: possible? Sure. Well, we're, um, From the very beginning, we're an energetic, little bit crazy family. So I think that kind of shines through in the way that we hire because obviously like attracts like. So we're trying to attract people Mm. who are like us, but also people who are different, that have different strengths and weaknesses. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to play to our strengths and mitigate our weaknesses, but it's all done through collaboration. So for us, it's important that our team are happy on site you know, that we, once a month we make lunch for everyone and we have, in fact, in the early days, my mum made lunch until we got to 20 staff. Mum made lunch for everybody every day. She cooked lunch. Oh,
0: I know. I know. Because in my <laughs> communication, um, whenever yeah. I've been chatting, you know, with Gemma, yeah. she'd be like, oh, I, I can remember having a coffee with her years ago. Yes. Like years and years ago when I first
1: started working with you guys. And she was like, oh, the owners are so beautiful. They bring us in lunch. Lunch every like, day. Yeah. Mum would amazing. make lunch every day. So I think um, – From the very beginning, it's been so important for our team to feel like they're loved and that they're part of the family. Mm -hmm. And so for us, um, you know, maintaining a bit of a family vibe every day where it's like you're part of this family and you're invited to contribute just like you would in in a family. We're just a big family, and we kind of have this overarching mum and dad, and then you've got like, you know, the different kind of brothers. Quite literally, yeah. yeah, yeah, literally and metaphorically, you know. And I, and I think, um, what's been challenging and amazing is is as a family growing to the point where. We trust people with parts of the business because honestly, that's a growth thing. You, you need to be able to trust people enough to relinquish control and let people do what they're so good at doing and empower them to make the decisions that you need to to be able to scale. And um, sometimes that came with sort of white knuckles because you're thinking, oh, it's like my baby oh, totally. that I'm handing over. There's um, got to be resistance
0: when you're having someone come in and it's like, okay. All right. Yeah, releasing that micromanaging attachment—it's—it's not easy.
1: Absolutely. And so we, from really, um, from bringing the first kind of expert on, you know, into the business that knew things that we didn't know, so we didn't have to backfill the knowing. um, It's been important for them to understand who we are as a family, so they can operate inside of that larger. Uh, family, but we also try and keep fun the focus. Make sure that every day um, that we encourage to have fun, you know, to do things together, um, to make sure that we don't develop because we have lots of departments in the business now, so we don't want to develop factions or have an us and them kind of. You know, they're in the warehouse mentality. and i here. And, you know, so we try and make sure that we, so we still do a company lunch every uh, month where mum <laughs> usually comes in and makes lunch for us. We're <laughs> I mean, just crazy. It's like,
0: literally there are
1: like tables out in the kitchen forever and ever as far as you can see and there's like last time she made us all sandwiches so there were I think there were 19 or 20 loaves of bread that she had to go and buy oh my gosh I'm sneaking into the next family
0: lunch (laughs) (laughs) seriously it's
1: so good and um and we uh sometimes we've got a food truck in before and make sure we invite the factories next to us as well and we all kind of because we've got a a couple of um, other health food brands that are next to us. So we all jump in and have lunch together. So, yeah, I think um, that feeling like we're in it together too, we're all in, we're all making a difference, you know, together we move the needle of the business and we are all moving together in the same direction. And of course not everyone gets along all the time and that's okay. We need to be able to kind of have whatever we have and then get over it and get on with it. And so we... Honestly, we have the most amazing people. I know everybody thinks they have the most amazing people. We genuinely have the most amazing people, um, I love and that. yeah, and we love our we love our team. We love them hard.
0: And do you have a like a neutral organics mission statement? Like you know how some brands have like a brand bible where it really talks about the culture. Like, have you gone to the point where you identify like this is our mission statement, or is it more just an
1: overall approach, an overall feel? We do have a mission statement, and it's probably a combination of everything that I've said. Um, with like, say for example, the um, making fun. You know, we're we're trying to make health food taste great and do what we say that it does. I know that my marketing team would put this much more succinctly. But we're we're in the health we're in the health and wellness space, and we want what we do to be the absolute best of the best, best quality. The best consistency, the best supply, but that it actually says what it does, which means that you'll want to buy it again and again because you'll feel better and it tastes great. So, yes, we have a mission statement. I just don't know it off the top of my head, but it's kind it's, of that, right? It's like, it, yeah,
0: it's that. You can vibe. tell that you, you encompass all of it anyway. And I'm sat here nodding along because I can <laughs> honestly say, hand on my heart, neutral organics are the only products. And this is before I was ever in any talks of partnering with you guys for any sort of social media stuff. But before all that, I came across your products because a mum in hospital recommended the Thriving Powder. Yeah, right. And it was the first product that I actually hit the bottom of the tub on and it was like, oh, I don't feel like I'm wasting my money because I I raced around, I was buying all these things, trying to you know get stuff into my boys because I've got the fussiest eaters alive Mm -hmm. and it was a another mum in hospital said to me you need to try the thriving powder and so I just I believe that to be true it's yeah the only range of products that I consistently get to the bottom of the tub and go oh I feel good for that.
1: Like it's yeah. not
0: that going stale in your pantry. or Oh, anything, and that's so. the
1: worst, isn't it? When you spend yeah. good money and then you throw good money after bad, your kids won't eat it. Like it's honestly, it's the worst.
0: It is. And now you mentioned in 2012, you had socials like Facebook. Yep. For your business now in 2021, obviously hearing you speak, people, your team and your mission statement and everything like that, is undoubtedly one of the success pillars for your growth currently. But what are some mm. other pillars of growth? Obviously, you've got
1: your social media yes. following now. Yes, is that one of your strongest legs? Uh, absolutely. I think. Uh, I think for us, and we've we've had we've had design in-house so our designer actually started with us in 2010 did our very first logo and she's still like creative director so she still leads that um, whole creative arm of Nutra and it's all done in-house so I think for us it's the look and feel um, of the brand that she takes from you know concept and then actually brings it to life and where. The, the visuals that we have for Nutra I think are some of our biggest strong suits it's from our packaging but right down to um, the look and feel of, of how we present the brand and they're things that are really close to our heart. Um, also the quality of the product over time, I think for us the strong suit is if you're in business and you've been in business for 10 years and you're still in business, it means that you're doing something right, you know, or, or at least you have yeah, got to, to repeat do it right. Customers. That's right. So for us, it's important that, yes, we win a customer and, you know, they buy our product for the first time. But if they don't ever buy it again we haven't done our job properly so for us are people um empowered to live a healthier better life for, for what we do so socials definitely the look and feel of the brand and and our people um and also being able to make sure that you stand the test of time you know for us um if if you're if you're in business and you're not in and then you're not in business from from whatever reason um we serious about creating jobs in our area employing um Aussie buying as much Australian produce as we possibly can so we sort of were committed to that give back because there are a lot of people that gave us a go in our very early days so um it's not just our own people but it's also um outside focused you know making sure that through all of our different arms that we keep people employed you know onshore so um yeah we're passionate about that too
0: Yeah, and I think that's so nice to really focus on because – I know myself so many people, they'll say to me like, oh, you love Neutral Organics and we'll have a conversation about it. And they'll be like, oh, they're huge. And they think that it's, you know, owned by some yeah. massive company offshore yeah. or so. yep. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, 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 like literally they're the most beautiful people. You can walk into the office <laughs> and there's dogs in the <laughs> office. Yeah, that's right. Everyone yeah, Brit gives dog, you a George.
1: Yes, I know, yes. right? And and um, I brought my daughter in. Like we we I have three kids and I brought my daughter in, you know, I'd be – in a meeting, breastfeeding, on the phone—you know—it's just—it's one of those places where, um, you know, we've tried to make it what we want. You know, we we'll try to build our business the way that we want over time, and it's developed a life of its own in this in this time. But it's not owned by some giant conglomerate in Sydney or Melbourne. It's literally in Southmore, Woolenbar we've staked a claim here and we're good old still Merba. yeah good old Merba. it's like a billion degrees today because it's so hot after the rain <laughs> but um but you know we're we're staking a claim to this land you know we're you know and we're still run still family owned and family run you know as as a biz, as a Family, we're shareholders in the business, so we're still originally owned, and you know, so it's exciting. Um, and, we, and also, we still print and pack and manufacture as close as physically close to our, our office as we can. So, 90% of our everything we do printing, packing, manufacturing um, is done for an hour from our office from from this particular office in south malabar so the furthest is sort of brisbane and last year we got some packing in vic but we still print everything on shore. so um you know so we're passionate about sort of keeping it here as well
0: it's such a big company now you guys must feel so proud from yeah we're that raps. original you know seeing mum and dad Oh yeah. Messing around with the, the blue yep. green algae in the yep. kitchen when you're at school to now. What a nice journey for yeah, you. And there's wild but, yeah, and there have been so many different things that you've shared throughout this conversation that I'm sure will be really inspiring for other families and just people in business in general. You've you've really given us a lot today. So thank you so much. It's an Before, absolute pleasure. Before you run, I'd love to just ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. Go for it. No, nothing scary, all easy, but just to get to know you personally. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a number one must read book that you can recommend?
1: Um, I do actually. So, um, I read this book uh, a couple of years ago. It's called Conscious Capitalism. It doesn't sound, sounds a bit scary. Um, But it's written by an amazing man named Raj Sasoda and it's co-founded by John McKay who um, started Whole Foods Market in the US. Um, And it's talking about um, obviously we're in business to make money, but we're also in business because people are in that business. And so it's about talking about having a conscience um, and being in business along the way. So it's probably my favourite.
0: Yes, I just listened to a podcast with John, the gentleman from Whole Foods. Yes, I think it was a guy Raz, guy Raz, guy Raz. How I built this one, maybe. Yes, yeah. Um And yeah, it was really, really fascinating to hear just how much they still focus on that side of things. You know, yeah. really giving back and nurturing, and that's it. They've not, they've not let the massive growths go too far. I think it's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: that's, do you? That's
0: do you have a favourite habit, a habit that you're really proud of?
1: Well, since I had my daughter, I um, bit the bullet and went back to the gym. And for me, um, I actually, I don't know whether you know, <laughs> you probably really don't know this. I actually um, was a really big into boxing prior to getting into <laughs> Nutra. Um, so I, I was a boxing instructor, trained boxing lived you know that's I like, so cool yeah I I considered sort of becoming <laughs> becoming a boxer it sounds mental when I say it out loud but I, I, I had genuinely that. considered becoming you know like registering amateur because you can as a lady um, yes. and um, so fitness is a huge part of my life um, prior to having my children and after I had three children, two very, very close. My two boys were up there f- just 13 months apart. So we fell pregnant with our second son when our first son was 11 weeks old. And um, the re- my body recovery, it just, <laughs> there was no oh, that's bouncing. that's a lot on it your was, body, yeah. There was no bouncing back. There was, <laughs> there was no coming back from where it kind of went. And so I feel like, uh, and then we had a beautiful surprise. Whoops, we had another baby a couple of years ago six years after we finished having all of our children um and so in the last um like year I've sort of I wanted to make a commitment something that I could do for myself just for myself carve out this little bit of time that I could go and I could exercise because it makes me feel good um and so yeah I decided about a year ago that I would train I'd commit to three days a week I have I actually have a PT so that I turn up to my training sessions not all the time but you know a little bit such a so, good system yeah and so I feel like if I have an appointment I'll go and so that's the time that I carve out and it's just for me it's purely selfish and I love going and I put my headphones on and I just you know go on the stair master and just you know slog it out yeah I feel like um I'm better I'm more focused I'm better at work I just feel like that um training has brought me so much of my life back so yeah that's my little my guilty pleasure is
0: (laughs) going to the gym no no guilt attached and even when you said selfish I'm like selfish in the best sense of the word in terms of I'm honoring myself because if I don't then things can go a little bit awry so I love that habit and I'm like fist pumping when you said stair master
1: because I am a meal girl (laughs) through and through it's my favorite man I like have been having
0: like an affair
1: with my stairmaster, Master. Yeah. <laughs> <didn't> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like it. It's like, this, I know it's, it's just like the most effective cardio, cardio yeah. that
0: tones. And yeah. 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 I can talk about my stem for, for hours. Yep. Yes. I love it. Yeah, with one. Yep. Um, now the flip side, what is a habit that you're not super proud of or an annoying habit?
1: Well, I am, I love, I do love my coffee. It's probably not great for my adrenals because I run pretty high, uh, very busy lady. I, I Let's say busy. I'd say my life is very full because I don't really like the busy kind of connotation that you do everything mm-hmm. fast, you know. Um, and so I may get up in the morning, kind of have my coffee to take in my day type of girl, but then I can have, I know this sounds crazy, but I try not to have a second coffee because I also take clean energy on the days that I train and it's just can be a lot of caffeine. So I'm sort of trying to kick my second coffee in the day. So it's like one of those things that I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to wind it's back that my that tension coffee. of
0: I enjoy it and it I know, its job, but... <laughs> but I know it's not great for me long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too <laughs> much caffeine, tension.
1: you know. And so um, that's my current like bit of a focus is I'm winding back that second coffee.
0: Mm, fair fair completely mm-hmm, fair mm-hmm. now you mentioned clean and clean energy what yeah. is your favorite nutra organic product if you had to just choose
1: one oh that's so hard i know and i go through, I go through phases because obviously i have access to everything i'm a little bit religious with my collagen beauty um mm-hmm. wildflower collagen beauty is just like my one go-to that i'll like put in my water bottle and have clean energy definitely on the days that i train but it's different for everybody like my one of my sons is so into the chicken broth it's not even funny it's like Mum, can you he's like eight years old Mum, can you make me a broth <laughs> okay i'll make you a broth just drinks it <laughs> straight out of his special <laughs> cup that he's got um, and I make my kids, and my kids have thriving every day. I swear to goodness it got me through, like, all of their small, you know, from kind of 12 months because my one of my sons is a horrific asthmatic. So um, a lot of that time I was really topping him up with thriving. Um, yes. So – but for me it's probably collagen beauty or wildflower if I had to choose one product and couldn't ever choose another one.
0: <laughs> it's so delicious. The flavoured yeah, so collagen – really surprised me sure. um yeah they're really good they're delicious yeah. and just when you spoke about thriving powder then my ex-husband would always call the smoothie that I would make our boys when they were toddlers their good behavior smoothie yeah. because like, we could just tell if they'd not had it <laughs> like he's like oh they've not had their good behavior smoothie yeah there's yeah. some honestly
1: we, there's something about something magic yeah yeah there's something about giving kids the nutrition that they need but you know what this is um, I've got to share this this is where um the kids products actually came from um like when we when we redid the kids products uh, we're we're brainstorming and my sister-in-law says you know what we have this big list in our head right i don't know whether you did this do this you do because you're a mom but you've got like the (laughs) list you lay down at night and you're like okay check i've done this and that and this it's like the list of overarching things of your life Yes. um and kids nutrition is always am i feeding them enough are they getting enough you know is there is there enough happening you know did they just eat you know chips today you know it, what happened yes yeah, so that um, running laundry list of like yeah ha- of this ha- how shit of, of, of a mum was i today. Uh, seriously i know how well am i doing in my life by measuring <laughs> myself against all of these kpis you know that i've got yes. happening in my head and so the kids products came out of that it's got that slogan, worry about one less thing, you've got nutrition covered. So it's just like, okay, you know mm. what? This isn't going to fix all the problems of your life. There's no magic silver bullet that you're going to just go, yep, that's everything, cool, i got it all in control and I can just retire. <laughs> but it's just like one of those things that's, okay, could that come off my mental checklist? You know, could that, oh, if I just, you know, added this, totally, piece just, of like, mind. relieve my anxiety about if they're getting enough DHA or Are they, you know, am I topping their immune system up because they're sick for the fiftieth time, or if you know what I mean? So, um, and so it's it comes out of because we're moms, you know, and dads, yeah. So we come from a place where it's like, okay, how can we, how can we be solutions based and just, you know, relieve a bit of pressure, which is always nice. So absolutely, um, worrying about one less thing is we're into that.
0: Yes, and there's a new range of kids' products too. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They're, they're they look so cute. And I know that you said you've got the in house designer. Cute, they? they look beautiful. <laughs> I they know, all with do. Their little faces. I know yeah, so yeah. Cute. I mean I see this is this is what I mean. I'm like, oh rapid fire questions. I could bang on for hours about the future range. It's like when I speak about you guys at the start of a podcast. I'm like, pull up a seat, gang,
1: let me tell you. <laughs> it's that, so lovely.
0: Yeah, but it is. It's so nice. And that's yeah, I don't know. I mean I love working with you guys because For that exact reason, I'm such a believer in the range. Yeah, Um, thank you. But i just got two more quick questions. It might not be quick. We'll see. What does living a good life mean to you?
1: That's not a hard one at all. Um, Living a good life to me is getting the important things right. Um, I mean, sometimes we live in survival mode if if our lives are really full, you know. But um, living a good life means putting get the priorities that we're supposed to have or the things that are important to us that they actually come first and um making sure that we reprioritize when we realize that they're not coming first so for me you know like for most mums you know my family nobody goes to their, you know at the end of their life and goes I wish I spent more time at their office or um you know I wish I um worked out more or I wish I you know we all think i wish i spent more time with the people that i love and so trying to remind myself living living a good life for me means having as much fun with the people that i love um as possible and laughing as much as possible
0: yes and i love that that you said getting the things that are important right and i Mm. did a podcast episode recently which people can jump back and listen about balance and you know i said the definition of balance is equal or correct proportions and so really encouraging women in particular to rather than worry about the equal proportions let Mm. that go and focus on correct proportions for you for the current season of your life so
1: what is the correct most important I love that and last and and, yeah go no No, when we catch when we catch it out and we go hold up (laughs) I've got the wrong thing in the wrong like I've put the horse before the cart somehow and I need to allowing yourself forgiving yourself if you bugger it up and just getting it right, just getting back on track and getting it right. And um, I think, you know, if we're just kinder to ourselves, that will be a lot easier. Oh, self-compassion's probably
0: been the thing that I've had to work on the most in yep. the last two years it's like okay I really really have to practice being kind to myself and having that compassion and going you know when you get it wrong you get it wrong and that's it and you just take it over it and you yep. put one foot in front of the other
1: yeah that's totally it.
0: now last but
1: not least do you have a favorite quote or words that you live by um, it would be the one that I've already told you, um, c- comparison is the thief of joy, understanding yeah. that, um, you know, we keep the main thing, the main thing, and if we start looking to the left and the right to see what everybody else is doing, then for me, joy is, is it, it's elusive. It's not, not many people, if you really boil it down in their lives, have this genuine joy, which is it's just like this knowing it's a place in yourself where you can be um at peace and so for me comparison i'm just constantly at the moment reminding myself hey comparison is the thief of joy don't mm-hmm. let anything steal that joy because you cannot enjoy the journey just by looking around at what everybody else is doing you know instagram is like number 1 for that you know we compare ourselves online we do it really naturally too it's like something that is in us um But for me, I'm like, okay, you are doing, encouraging yourself. You're doing awesome. You're doing such a good job and you're doing what only you can do. And so, um, yeah, making sure that we just have that joy and don't let comparison steal it. Mm,
0: Perfect, perfect words to end on. Ricky. thank you so much for your time and opening up today and sharing the Nutri Organics story. Where can our listeners find out
1: more about Nutri Organics? You can head to the interweb um, the interweb. So the inter-verb, <laughs> or any of our socials, we try and be as transparent as possible, uh, you know, telling who, who we are and what we do. Um, and um, I've recently started doing some um, – I did a takeover last week of our Instagram stories, um, which was hilarious. Um, and so, yeah, looking out on our stories for the day-to-day neutral stuff behind the scene at shoots and just some Oh, there's fun. always great recipes yeah absolutely yeah looking for a delicious inspiration or finding out more about what we do
0: yeah love that again thank you so much for your time today it's been a real pleasure and joy hearing more about the story
1: thanks so much Mm Carl.